Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Mixed Doubles on KCOU 88.1 FM. I'm joined here by my co-host, Abigail Klepatowskis. I'm Blaze Fields, and we're joined by a special guest today with Jack McGrath, sports outgoing sports director for the radio station. I I think your your term's officially ended, right? It's, it's officially up as of two days ago. Oh, yeah, man. Mickey took over two days ago. What a mayday! So former sports director Jack <laughs> McGrath, we're gonna we're gonna have a nice little time talking to him about his experience at the radio station uh, after the break here. But first, you know, we figured he got here a little bit early, so let's let's talk some headlines with him. So let's just get right into it. Uh, first up, Joel Embiid, the process himself, won the 2022-2023. NBA MVP last night. It's his first MVP award with 73 of the 100 first place votes going to him over finalists Nikola Jokic and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Embiid led the NBA in scoring with 33 points per game while shooting 55% from the field, and he finished top 10 in blocks and rebounds after finishing second to Jokic in 2021 and 2022. Abigail, you know, like I said before, he finished runner-up to Jokic the past two years. Why do you think it was his year this year to uh, to win MVP? I feel like this was kind of a storybook year for him. I I think Jokic, Jokic, everyone was kind of like expecting, and no one seemed super excited about that pick, even though it was probably the clear, evident winner. It was kind of like, yeah, I guess, because there's no one else. But then this guy comes onto the scene. It's like, no, he's going to cry about it. Like, this is going to be an emotional, like, powerful moment, and we're going to be the first MVP from, from the 76ers since, I want to say, like, 2001. Yep. Like, what a cool, like, storybook moment. It kind of fits with the vibe of the Cinderella seasons we've been seeing in the NBA. Also, the press in general has been cool towards the Nuggets like they're just not willing to give them I think all the credit they deserve and I think that Jokic just kind of represents that team as a whole I feel like this was just more for the press and for the emotional fan favoritism also the video if y'all haven't watched it highly recommend it, it's a tearjerker yeah Jack were you were you shocked by by Embiid winning it over Jokic not not really and I, I think to Abigail's point the press cooling on the Nuggets a little bit for him for Jokic to have won a third MVP in a row his season would have have to have been historically yeah. one of the best ever because voters get tired of guys after two years and Embiid's a guy who hasn't won it before he's fun he won the scoring title again for the second year in a row. It was just a pick that made sense this year for the NBA, especially considering it's his first time ever, and the 76ers have been a storyline this year, and they're going to keep on trying to be a storyline. Yeah. I mean, to me also, this is just a very, very fun culmination of, of a really wonderful story, kind of in the same way Giannis Antetokounmpo, when he won MVP, a lot of people were talking about his journey. You know, Embiid didn't play basketball until age 16, but got invited to a basketball camp just because he was so dang tall. He picked up the game very quickly, ended up playing for uh, the, the little school over over West and Kansas, and he uh, he was drafted third overall, missed a couple seasons. A lot of people were kind of worried that he was going to bust out, and instead of busting out, he, he broke out into becoming one of the NBA's biggest stars. It's it's an unlikely story, but it, it kind of seems like one that maybe a couple years down the line might end up being like one of those cheesy sports movies you know oh totally that's gonna make like all the aau dads so upset who've had their kids in basketball <laughs> since they were like three because this story is kind of the antithesis of that this guy didn't start out till he's 16 and look at him now yeah it, jack is do you think uh do you think do you think it beats a hall of famer yet Oh, it's it's really easy. Here's the thing. It's really easy to get into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Like People are like, yeah. oh, Derrick Rose is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Derrick Rose had four or five 
all-star seasons <laughs> at the front of his career, and he's going to wind up in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Embiid's probably in the Hall of Fame at this point. If his career were to end today, he's probably in the Hall of Fame. All right, all right. Well, you know, if you if you guys remember last episode, we talked about the NFL draft for an extensive amount of time. I think we, we what, spent like 30 minutes talking about it? So yeah. We definitely of, didn't miss a commercial break or we, anything. No, for sure we <laughs> did definitely not. Definitely did not, Jack. Definitely did not. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so I kind of figured we'd put together some superlatives, I guess. I don't know. Um, just kind of go through like winners, losers, biggest surprises. So, Abigail, who was your biggest winner for the NFL draft? Uh, you should go first because I agree with you and then I have a secondary biggest winner. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. This is me not looking at the, the Google Doc. Um, <laughs> um, I said I agree with the two little asterisks. Yeah, fair enough. I, uh... I said the Houston Texans. I think they did a wonderful job leveraging um, draft capital. They had that Cleveland Browns first round pick, which they used to move up. So they were able to get there. They were able to get a franchise quarterback in CJ Stroud and then also get who I thought was the best player in the draft and Will Anderson. I mean, Whoa, best player in the draft. I think so. I think Will Anderson is a destructive force and was very, very good for Alabama last season. I think that. You know, he's going to be a great defensive piece. Yeah. And it, it's kind of a good balanced philosophy. I mean, you get a defensive stud, you get an offensive guy. I mean... And these are going to be cornerstones for their yeah. offense and defense. They're yeah. not just additions into something that already exists. Nothing really exists for the Texans right now. So, yeah, yeah. totally. All right, what about you, Abigail? Yeah, well, I was going to have you go first because I totally agree. I was looking at your notes and I was like, yep, Texans were the first name that popped into my mind. However, secondarily, I think the Eagles, for securing Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith, especially given their draft positions, were able to leverage, pick up that ninth spot. I mean, these are the second best team in the entire league picking up two huge defensive counterpoints so impressive also Jacksonville I know my joke pick for the Bears was Anton Harrison but actually they're ranking Jacksonville pretty high for getting to pick up Anton Harrison when they did they also came away with a running running back and a tight end and sometimes teams are a little bit worried to take any offensive picks that early. They need offensive targets. They need someone for Trevor Lawrence to throw to. And getting Brenton Strange at that running back position and allowing Trevor Lawrence an opportunity to not have to throw it on every play, I think that was good for them. I like their moves. Jack, yeah. any great teams stand out to you? Yeah, uh, so the Eagles were one of those for me. And then the second one was the Seattle Seahawks. Their yeah. first two picks in this draft were phenomenal. I can't believe JSN dropped all the way to their, their second first-round pick. I, I mean, he's a phenomenal receiver. You put him with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, I think that's the best receiving core in the game now. And yeah. it, it, the weapons are there for Geno Smith. Geno Smith just has to be okay next year. Now, he was next yeah. level last year. He just has to be okay this year. And with those offensive weapons, they're going to get the job done. So because of that, uh, and the Seahawks also added on the defensive side with Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois, improves the secondary both of those guys i, I think are going to be studs for them next year and it's going to be big for uh seattle moving forward yeah no you know jackson jackson smith and jigba i thought him falling that far was going to mean the chiefs could get one of those top four wide receivers but they kind of went off the board in succession there very very nice for those play i mean those are the kind of the fringe playoff team area of the draft and they were able to add some offensive weapons yeah. both you know the seahawks the vikings the chargers they were all able to get stud wide receivers there in the uh, the 20 range so i guess moving from biggest winner there's obviously there's winners there's losers abigail who was the biggest loser to you 
Well, Jack, you mentioned the Seahawks, and the reason that they had the draft position they did is because the Denver Broncos were stupid and gave them first two <laughs> uh, round picks in their trade for Russell Wilson. And we all know how the Russell Wilson trade, and I still have I have a little bit of hope left with Sean Payton, and maybe he can reform him, and he's going to get his other quarterback coach out of the front office and just work on Russell Wilson and his team. However, they didn't have a first round pick at all. They were nowhere to be seen. They had one second, one fourth, and two sixth rounds, and they had that back-to-back weird thing. They picked up a wide receiver out of Oklahoma. He's fine. I don't know if he can catch. We'll see. He's going to have to run some pretty crazy routes and have more mobility than Russell Wilson is going to be able to provide him. And the fact that they haven't made the offseason in seven seasons under four different coaches and not getting a first-round draft pick to help establish something, terrible way to start. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Washington Commanders, just because they had a glaring need, which was their QB room. They're starting Sam Howell. Now, I think Sam Howell is a solid quarterback, but he isn't very impressive. You've got an opportunity. Will Levis didn't get picked in that top 11. You know, we thought the Tennessee Titans were going to take Will Levis at number 11. Well, Fall- let's not say we. No, just okay, I thought, I thought... I was not surprised when Levis did go number 11. I, I thought that Levis was going to potentially go number 11. I thought they had a chance there to pick a quarterback who I thought would be a very solid starter. The the thing with Will Levis is that he's good, but his potential isn't there. And I think the Washington Commanders yeah. just need somebody solid there. Whereas teams like, you know, the you know, the Panthers, they've got they've got guys who can be like a stopgap. Well, if if Bryce Young isn't like the hottest thing since sliced bread, you know. So I don't know. I just feel like looking at their depth chart, I would have taken them. But also, they took Emmanuel Forbes, and I thought Christian Gonzalez was a bona fide top 10 pick. He fell all the way to the Patriots. So, hey, that's another big winner there. The New England Patriots made some great early draft picks. Jack, who who was less than stellar drafting-wise for you? So, the Detroit Lions got really lucky in the back half of this draft, but the top of their draft was just atrocious. Taking Jameer Gibbs at 12 was... I mean, that was a risk in and of itself. If you take a running back as high as pick 12, you're already paying them by their second or third year of their contract, like a top 10 running back. And if Gibbs doesn't pan out in that way, then Detroit just wasted a pick at number 12, and they're already paying a top-tier running back. Jack Campbell was a stretch. He was projected to go lower. They could have gotten him in the second or third round, and they took him at 18 overall. Now, I will say they had a good back half of the draft, which really saved them, I would say, from being the biggest loser of this one. And they traded away DeAndre Swift only got a fourth for him so i'm not not too happy about that considering he was a thousand yard rusher last year uh overall those top two picks they confuse me one of their bigger picks in the draft was hendon hooker in round three and there's a lot to like about hooker he can move he's a solid quarterback he played well at tennessee last year but there's a lot to dislike he's 25 years old he's not going to play this season because he tore his acl last year so the first time he's going to take a snap he'll be 26 years old and he's supposed to be a mobile quarterback coming off an acl injury that's scary for me now it's a round three flyer so the talent's there but once again one of the best picks of their draft was a round three flyer and they just i don't think they performed at the top of this draft i don't think they needed hooker they have goff i don't i don't think that that was a desperation pick like other teams that were drafting quarterbacks yeah. I think you solidify your offense with other strong offensive targets, not in the first round, yeah, to your yeah. point. But I'm not sure they're the team that really needed Hooker. I would, I could see maybe the commanders taking him or someone else that genuinely needs a quarterback in the next two years. Yeah, I completely agree. I don't know. All right, biggest surprise, you stole it, but it was totally Christian Gonzalez dropping. I was 
could not believe that the New York England Patriots were able to pick him up number 17. I thought he was top 10 for sure. I really thought the Lions, Commanders, or Raiders were going to take him. I think the Patriots had a steal, and they're going to excel with him. I'm really excited. And this this one's kind That's of a, a very rare occasion. I say I'm excited for the Patriots. Yeah. Mine's kind of a roundabout kind of answer. I'm shocked at how many people were shocked about Will Levis. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, teams are quarterback needy, and Levis is a first round talent. But I'm not really shocked. He's not he's not really an attractive pick. Christian Gonzalez is an attractive pick because you know he's got the, the he's a physical specimen. Will Levis <laughs> Will Levis is kind of like he's kind of like a Mac Jones, you know in my opinion, and I think that a lot of teams, that's not something teams are interested in anymore. They're not interested in the the pocket passer. He's got who, a big arm and not much else. Yeah, exactly. Which is fine. That's which, okay. Which that is, fine. is what he is, but that's what he was scouted as. And I think and I think that's where there's this kind of this disconnect between NFL teams. I also think that a lot of it was the draft process of just trying to throw out as many smoke screens as humanly yeah. possible, yeah. and it led to you know Will Levis being, you know, the post about him telling his family members that he was going to be taken number one overall. And then all of a sudden the, the, the betting odds go crazy. You know, Can I we talk about the odds, the sports, did you guys see the <laughs> analytic, the sports center analytic that was like, there was less than a 0.1%. He wouldn't go in the first round. It's like, who is making that analytic? Because <laughs> yeah. I think any sports journalist I spoke to beforehand was like, ah, oh, he's probably a second round pick, but they kept flashing that screen up with it over like the video of him and his family. I'm like this poor guy, leave him alone in that living room. Yeah. Uh, Jack, what about you? Uh, the Texans making that trade to jump yeah. from 12 to 3, yeah. that was a shocker to me. And what that shows me is C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson, they were probably scouting them both, and they were trying to decide with that number two pick which way they were going to go. And they couldn't just have one of them. They needed both of them because they feel they're so, uh, much, they're so supremely talented in comparison to next year's draft class. If the Texans aren't good this year, Arizona could be walking in with two top five picks next season at this point. Um, and, and that's a big risk for the Houston Texans going in. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see We'll see how the season fares. And Houston Texans must believe that they have some something cooking there that they needed to go get a guy like Will Anderson this year. And, and we'll see if they really do. This is, it, 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 reminds me of, it reminds me of draft day starring... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Start, I forgot his name. Kevin Costner. Kevin, right? Costner, Costner. Kevin yeah. Costner. It's Kevin Costner and Jennifer Garner. Great, great movie. Loved it. It's on HBO Max, so I'm gonna have to watch it probably. For the first time, though, the Texans have hope. Like they have yeah. something yeah. that oh, it, they never take risks. So you gotta be thinking that if you're a Texan fan, you're at least excited that there is something that you're crossing your fingers about, rather than like, all right, that was another conservative pick, but we're not gonna really make many improvements. Yeah. All right. Well, before we kick it to break, Forbes came out with their highest paid athletes list. Got a little top 10 list. Cristiano Ronaldo taking the cake with a whopping $136 million in one year. He's making a $75 million in salary alone. The biggest American athlete, LeBron James, at $119 million, thanks to various investments like Red Sox, Liverpool, and uh, he's got a, some Major League Pickle... Sorry. Major League Pickleball investments as well going on there. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of money getting thrown around. Are you are you surprised? Not at all. Also, did you see the Watts, another uh, power couple in the sports industry that's going to make some money? They just invested in the European League. Oh yeah, it's uh, was it Brentford? Yeah, that sounds right. I don't have the team <laughs> on my head. Yeah, but watch for their name on the uh, Forbes playlist in the coming the years. Ronaldo thing. Did you guys see there was a report this morning saying, or maybe it was yesterday, saying that he might not want to stay in Saudi Arabia much that's, longer and he might be looking to change leagues again? That's that's, that's what I was saying. I mean, 
you've got to be you've got to be pretty well off to say I'm good. Make, I'm, good. <laughs> I'm good not making seventy five million a year. But I thought it was interesting. He also has got something in his contract that says he can go to I think it's Newcastle. If if Newcastle makes the Champions League, he can just go there, no strings attached, because they're owned by the same people. I mean, oh, when you have right. that much money, you have a lot of leverage for who wants yeah. to compete with you. So, I mean, we might be looking at Ronaldo back in the uh, back in the Premier League. Wow. I mean, isn't that where he belongs? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, anyway, we're gonna kick it to break here, and then we're gonna get into uh, into a segment where we're gonna we're gonna pick Jack McGrath's brain a little bit before he heads out of here. Oh so, boy, here we yeah. go. <laughs> All right, we will uh, see you, see you, see you in a few. I get angry just thinking about it. Makes me mad. Little kids doing drugs, it turns my stomach. That stuff hurts. It stops you from living up to your potential. It holds you back. It hurts the user. It hurts his family, and it hurts his friends. I just want to shake some sense into you kids that are using drugs and think about using. So remember, don't, or else. Okay. I think Kid A is probably their best single album. Uh, my favorite individual song is Life in a Glass House, the perfect uh, mixture of harmony and chaos. Ken Bone, Radio Man, KCOU, Welcome back to uh, Mixed Doubles. We're joined here in studio again with former KCOU sports director Jack McGrath. Does it get weird here here in the former in front of it? It does a little bit, yeah. There, it, it still kind of feels like. I mean, I just left the role two days ago, so it doesn't feel <laughs> real yet that I've left yeah. it. And uh, me and Mickey are still going through the trainings, transferring all the emails and stuff like that. So true, true. Still, still trying to help him out and help the station out as much as I can. But yeah, thanks for having me. It's awesome to be on. What is it? What were you guys named the best show on KCOU by the MSME Award? So it's an honor to be here. Yeah, oh, thanks Thank, for bringing that, that up, of Jack. Course. Thank you so much. <laughs> Subtle flex, but you know, um, yeah, no, it's uh, we're 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 honored to have you on. I remember the uh, the first show we did. I come out and Jack's like, "All right, uh, a great show. I've just got a couple notes for you." And I was like, "Oh man, we we messed up, didn't we?" And then he was just like, "Man, you really <laughs> you really chose uh, Patrick Mahomes as really, the goat." <laughs> yeah, you really chose Patrick Mahomes as the goat. And I was like, "I you know." Call it biased, whatever. But anyway, Blaze literally had like a look of fear as we were walking I, yeah, out. He's like, yeah. I generally thought we were going to get like grilled by Jack McGrath. I also think on that same show, you said it was some crazy number. Like, if you made fifty grand or something, you're like, yeah, I'd retire if I made fifty grand. <laughs> or like, Blaze, yeah. no, sorry. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I think we have grown a lot in like the span of one year. Just kind of what our headlines are, how we talk about stuff. But yeah, yeah. I feel like we've matured in a lot of ways. <laughs> I took an I took an econ class and let me tell you what I found <laughs> out that fifty mind. grand is not enough. All right, well, Jack. So I, I our first question for you is: Everyone asks, like, wh- you know, what are you gonna do when you graduate? And I'm sure you're I'm sure you're like sick of answering, like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. thinking of doing this crazy opportunity or you know whatever you're, whatever you, whatever you got going on. What are you excited to? What are you excited to not do when you graduate? What responsibility are you just willing to just throw away now that you're now that you're gone from from college homework isn't that obvious <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love doing my broadcast stuff here at kcou i love going to classes but 
when I have to sit down at 10 p.m. on a Thursday night and just write a paper or write a four-page paper about who knows what, yeah, I'm not... (laughs) I'm looking forward to having maybe a more consistent schedule in my life and being able to focus on on different things than uh, maybe just sitting down and doing that homework. What's like the worst essay writing experience you've ever had? Like if you had ever pulled an all-nighter, if you ever stayed up crazy late? I've stayed up very late. I've stayed up till 3 a.m. writing a paper before. (laughs) That was... That was brutal. Um, there was one time I forgot I had a paper. Oh, that's oh, the worst. And I found out that we had a paper. Somebody's like, hey, Jack, have, did you finish that paper yet? And it was due at 11.59 that Ooh. night. Because I hate when professors make stuff due at 11.59 at night. Just make it due in class I'm the like, next you're day. you're not grading it at 12.01 No, no, not at all. But it was due at 11.59 that night. I think I started it at about 10 p.m., finished at like 11.57, hit the submit button, <laughs> was watching my screen refresh, hoping it just submitted on time and it did i still got an okay grade on the paper so i was pretty happy coming out of that but that was probably my most stressful experience i would say missouri method exactly coming in clutch clutching up there (laughs) all right so speaking of speaking of missouri you've been a mizzou fan for for four years now yeah it's a journey there's been a lot of a lot of memories some heartbreaking losses some wins what is the best and worst mizzou sports moment you've experienced as a fan or journalist oh i've experienced it all right i can i can go through this so I think it was freshman year. It was one of my first games. Missouri's playing Charleston Southern. Okay. And we go into the game. I'm calling it with Lucas Johnson for okay. KCOU. And we have all these stats. Missouri's favored by like 25 points. It's a blowout. I'm preparing for a blowout. I prepare for uh, I, I every single game. I lay out my notes and everything. And you have a certain amount of notes so you're ready in case there's a blowout that you can talk about side stories. Right. Sure. And for this game, I had so many extra side stories. I expected Missouri, Missouri to be up by 30 oh going boy. into the halftime break. Famous last words. Yeah. <laughs> and you go in, and up until that point of the college basketball season, now granted it was only four or five weeks in, Charleston Southern pulled off the biggest upset in college basketball oh gosh. that year and defeated the Missouri Tigers. And It was a good game. I'm happy we got a good game to call, but... It was heartbreaking. That was a dagger to the season. Uh, that same year, I, that was just a tough year for Missouri sports. There's been a couple tough years, but that was the same year that Missouri football just uh, blew it against Vanderbilt, and oh, it yeah. was and lost the first game of the season as well um, to Wyoming. Out of all places, it's like every time there was hope that year for any of the sports teams, it, they just shattered all of our all of our hopes. So that was unfortunate. Uh, the best one's got to be the Mizzou basketball season this year, in my oh, opinion. Sure. Yeah, um, going down to Sacramento to be able to call uh, Mizzou's NCAA tournament games, I'd say that that was probably moment number one. It was cool. It was a fantastic atmosphere. It was a lot of fun, and I, I, I appreciated uh, the opportunity. And it was just it was it was it was a great experience overall. Now, why now why sports for you? Why do you think? Why do you think you went with the sports journalism route? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. So there's so many stories in sports, and I love telling those stories. Um, I've loved sports since I was little, and sports is a way that I've been able to connect with people around me. There's a lot of people who you're just able to bounce off and talk sports with, whether that's on a very base level, whether that's on an in-depth level like we sometimes do here. Uh, You're just able to build relationships through sport, and I think that's really important. It's how I built relationships with family, friends, um, everything in between, and I'd like to continue to do that, build those relationships through sport, and then also be able to help others kind of experience sports in the same positive way that I have. Wow. Yeah. That was beautiful. That, that was very well said. Um, so of all the Mizzou sports, 
which team do you think is most likely to bring home a national championship or even make it into like the top four? Are we including next, like wrestling in this? Every single sport. Every single sport. Well, in the next decade. It's wrestling first. Yeah. Uh, gymnastics is up there too. I'd say yeah. those are probably your top two. Looking aside from that, looking at the sports that get more coverage in our, in our bigger spectator sports, uh, it's, man, it's not, it could be basketball, honestly, which is a crazy answer. I don't think it's football. There's yeah. too no. many hoops to jump through to that. Softball's kind of been struggling this year. I'd say baseball's never going to get over that hump in the SEC. Women's basketball's on its way down. Volleyball's got a lot to jump through with a new coach. For all of those sports, it's probably men's basketball, which is crazy to say at this point. But their trajectory of the team, it it's so random in March, and I can see yeah. this team getting to March and playing in the NCAA tournament for the next five years under Dennis Gates. And because of that, once you get there, it, I mean, it's... Uh, it's a toss-up. You don't know who's going to wind up in that national championship in those final fours, and I could see uh, Missouri winding up in a final four in the next five. Yeah, It's just crazy how one good year in college basketball can really really change things. And, you know, mm-hmm. college football, I feel like it's a lot harder to keep the momentum of, like, one, you know, one good year. Like, I mean, a lot of times you have a good year in football, and then your head coach is being swooped up to some, like, yeah. major yeah. team that had, like, a down year or something, so. And the recruiting process in football is just so much more, like, generational. And yeah. then you have that much money, and it repeats itself season after season. Basketball, you can see much greater turnover, mm-hmm. which is what really transformed the season. Yeah, for sure. All right, those conclude our, like, little interview questions I wrote. But now, in the thread of, like, commencement speech season and giving advice and taking advice. I'm sure you've had a lot of, like, little tokens of words of wisdom thrown at you. We'd like you to leave us with some sage advice, with some fill-in-the-blanks. All right, first off, life is more enjoyable if... If... Life is more enjoyable if... You try to make it enjoyable, I would say. If you go into everything with a positive attitude, there's times where, like, I go into classes and I'm like, man, I don't want to be in class today. <laughs> this is going to be no fun. Or even times when when I go, go into hanging out with friends where I'm like, oh, I'd rather just be on my couch at home right now. But if I go in with a positive attitude, it changes everything about it. And I'd say going with a positive attitude is going to make it so much better. Yeah, like fair that. enough. All right. Friends are more important than dot, dot, dot. Friends are more important than than almost anything, I would say. Uh, that that's something that's been interesting for me here in college because I'm a per I, I, I'm a type A person. I like to go do my work, get it done, and um, and really I, I I like to be in front of my computer, making sure I have all my homework done. I have all my work done to the to the best possible degree. Um, but something I've learned in college is, yeah, that's that's great, that's awesome, but that's not necessarily what makes you happy. It could be what makes you happy, but what's really going to make you happy is the people you talk to and the friendships you're building, and that's what that's what makes me happy. So um, they're they're a lot more important than than a lot. They're more important than work. They're more important than school, in my opinion. Um, you have to make sure. Now, don't throw school on the side, yeah. um, but you have to make sure you foster those relationships and and don't give those up because you're so caught up in something else. Gotcha. Yeah, period. All right. When all else fails. When all else fails. Oh, man, this is tough. When all else fails. I'm going to go back to the attitude one because it's easy to come off the top of my head. Um, when all else fails, a positive attitude can fix things. Or when all else fails, um, rely on the people you love, I would say. Uh, yeah, that one's that one's easy. Be, um, 
There are people, there are good support groups out there. Uh, here at KCOU, I'll tell you to this, there's so many people that are, are here to lift you up. There's so many people on campus that are here to lift you up. Um, I'm sure your families are there to lift you up. Um, so just kind of rely back on, on those people whenever you're going through a tough time in college. Because it's going to happen. Everybody has, has those tough days. Yeah. Um, everybody has those tough weeks. Everybody has those tough months. Um, but as long as you, you fall back on the people that can help you, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to do wonders for you. Great, great advice. Thank you so much. This is why you're yeah. the strong leader for KCOU. <laughs> yeah. Two years going. I mean, it's hey, just... MSM Senior of the Year, baby, right here. Uh, I'll take it. There are only two nominees, and one of them graduated <laughs> last semester. Yeah, so. fair enough. But I, still, you've been a really good role model for both of us, helping sure. us get our show off the ground, and just helping with broadcasting and all of our Comrex questions and all of our <laughs> my endless Slack messages. So it means a lot. Thank you so much. No, I yeah, appreciate sure. your guys' And what are work. you doing in the future? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, don't know yet. We're still working on figuring it out. So well, yeah. good luck with whatever. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just saying. You know, I, I could see, I could see the Marquee Sports Network or whatever the whatever it's called hitting you, hitting you up, hitting your line. Yeah, I interned there a couple of years ago. It was a ton of fun. So oh, you sure. never know. So That's awesome. yeah. You got okay. Uh, any fun summer plans you got? Any fun? I'll be around Columbia for the next next few weeks after graduation. Um, still figuring out how the summer's going to look for me, but um, I'm going down to Lake of the Ozarks with some friends there after graduation. Go. We're going to yeah, exactly. I've never really to, been a tourist down there. I've gone and I've covered high school football games down there before for KOMU, but I've never actually gone down there and experienced the Lake of the Ozarks. So I figured I had to do that before I left Missouri, and we'll, awesome. we'll see how it goes. All right, well. If there's one thing we can say about Jack McGrath is that out of all the Jacks, he probably ranks higher than Jack Harlow on the Jack list. I'll take it. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Huge. All right. Well, yeah, thank you so much for coming on, and we're going to kick it to break here. But, yeah, Jack McGrath, everyone. All right. Thank you, guys. <laughs> thank you. KCOU thanks its listeners, sponsors, and Cafe Berlin for their support of this station. Cafe Berlin offers locally sourced brunch and cocktails from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. with live music at night in downtown Columbia, unique waffle and drink specials weekly, plus a wide variety of vegan and vegetarian options. Additional information can be found at Cafe Berlin Como on Instagram. If you love them enough to turn off your music... And pretend like their music is your music. Ah, oh, this is mommy's jam. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. Let's play it again. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. KCOU. We're just normal enough to appreciate Drake's cultural relevance but just weird enough to make a sweeper like this. KCOU. KCOU. Welcome back. Welcome back. Well, luckily for us, Jack McGrath left the door open and was able to let Kara Brown and Jack Knowlton and two other 
you know, fantastic seniors here at the radio station. You're listening to KCOU 88.1 FM Mixed Doubles. So, yeah, welcome in, guys. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us. Of course, of course. Um, yeah, no, we kind of wanted to pick your brain a little bit, you know, because... You know, you guys, you guys have been around here for a while, you know, mm-hmm. the kind of the elder statesmen. So we kind of wanted to, to pass some advice from, you know, from the, the, the top of the mountain down to down to us, who I'd say are probably around the middle area. We're I climbing. I don't know where this analogy is <laughs> hey, going. You're almost <laughs> upperclassmen now. Yeah, so that's kind of scary. That is wild. Oh, to me, Blaze is still a freshman in high school. So I was no, going to ask. I'm fully aware. So you guys have some history. Yes. What has been the biggest development, Kara, that you've noticed in Blaze <laughs> since you met him as a freshman in high school? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, is there one? No, I'm just no I, you're very much the same, but like not not in a bad way. I think yeah. you just always like have a very youthful energy. Yeah, fair which enough. no, it's good. It's fun. I feel like that sounds bad. It's yeah. really not. I think that will benefit you so much. Fair enough. Fair enough. I I feel like for Kara, because you know. I've seen, you know, character from a junior in high school to a, to a senior <laughs> in college. Um, I don't know. You just do cool stuff. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you know, I saw I saw those KOMU March Madness or what, it was March Madness, right? Um, it was the SEC. Tournament. Oh, no, sorry. The SEC tournament. Yeah, yeah. The the SEC tournament pictures. And I was like, man, look at Kara, man. So inspirational. <laughs> And we're in the company of uh, men's basketball beat writer, Missourian. Mm-hmm. You had a really strong season with that. Did you enjoy all your writing? I loved it, yeah. I mean, uh, it was. I got a lot of texts from uh, one of the beat writers last year who he was very jealous because he did not get to cover a very fun team. So that's probably the thing I'm the most grateful for is that the team was obviously a lot better than pretty much anybody probably would have imagined, and then I got to cover a fun team. So like, that's, that's the biggest thing I'm thankful for for that. But, yeah, it was, it was a blast. Yeah, that helps so much because then you don't have to create a lead that's like they lost again. Yeah. How yeah. do I say that? He was just he would always text it's Anthony Christensen if you oh, if either Anthony of y'all know who that is. Yeah, but yeah cool. um, he would just text me all the time and be like, I just wrote the same story again. Like <laughs> they just lost by fifteen or twenty. Javon Pickett did something and no one else did anything. And yeah, yeah so it was it was definitely a fun, very very fun experience. That's all awesome. right. Well, so speaking of kind of your experiences as a journalist here. Um, what is your favorite and least favorite game you've been to as a Mizzou fan or oh, journalist? It's a great question. I feel like I have such recency bias with this, and I really want to try to think of things that aren't from this past season. But my immediate thoughts for both were from this, like my senior year. Oh, that's okay. Okay. Well, I'll just I'll go with it. Um, so my least favorite memory as a little Mizzou sports fan here was the Georgia football game this year because I you know the worst thing Missouri Tigers teams can do is give you hope and <laughs> so true literally I just going into that game I was talking to a bunch of people and I was like I'm leaving after the first quarter it's going to be 30 to nothing it's going to be like a terrible game we'll just leave and then it was so close and just through like almost the entire game i was like oh my gosh they're gonna do it they're gonna win and um sadly that did give me hope and it was crushed brutally so that was terrible um but my favorite memory i mean has to be oh just like so many men's basketball ones this year as a fan those games were so fun but going to the SEC tournament and covering their win um, 
to go to the semifinals was just like it was the semifinals, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was I mean, that was just insane. That was so much fun. It was a crazy day for sure, but it was so fun to just be able to cover that team, you know, just what they did this year was just crazy. Yeah, I, I go very different from, like, coverage versus fan. My favorite game to cover was for sure traveling to Knoxville to watch DeAndre Golston hit that buzzer beater. That was um, pretty wild, especially being the only, like, Mizzou-affiliated person in the building. Oh, and that's awesome. Just watching, like, the reaction of everyone in Thompson Bowling Arena, who they just didn't know what to do. All of those fans, like, they couldn't believe it, and they had just gotten beat on a buzzer beater by Vanderbilt, like, a week before, and so it was just, it was heartbreak for them, and obviously it was fun for, for all the Mizzou fans. Like, looking at all the videos of people watching back here on, on like, TVs at the bars or mm-hmm. at their apartments or wherever, that was really cool. Um, fan, as a fan, um, one, I'm really bummed, like, it doesn't go as high on my list, even though it was it was awesome, because I wasn't there, was when the women's team beat South Carolina, when South Carolina yeah, was the I was about to just add that to I, mine. I, I, I watched my, it at home with my family. <laughs> I, was, I was watching it at home, my, my parents were out, and they came back right when the game was over, and I was running around my kitchen yeah. just, like, yelling, because I was so excited. But that one was, it's only tough, because we, like, we weren't there in the, in the student section. Mm-hmm. Um, as a fan, I'll say favorite, uh... It was 2020, so the atmosphere, again, not as great with COVID, but Kara was there for this as well. Uh, Beating LSU in football after they just won the national championship. And they stopped them four times on the goal line. That was awesome. That was super fun to be at. It was so good. And then least favorite is men's basketball. I believe it was our freshman year when they lost to Charleston Southern at home. Oh, oh Jack. Jack, Jack just said that. that he was, was broadcasting that game. It was oh, it just because, like, that was one of my first games as, like, a Mizzou fan. I'm a freshman. I'm like, and I love basketball. And just the college basketball is my favorite thing ever. And I'm just like, this is the college basketball team I, like, am going to have to watch. <laughs> yeah. Like, they just lost to Charleston Southern at home. It was awful. We were so mad. But, yeah, sorry. I went on a laundry list yeah. there. But that doesn't matter. No, another favorites. shout for a favorite memory is we went – to the gymnastics meet this year against oh, Auburn, yes. and we so got to see Suni Lee and the Tigers won, and it was a big upset. That was so much fun. They did so well. I think because they beat Suni Lee, they should all be allowed to go to the Olympics. That I should think be so high. too. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's how, how they qualify. qualify. Right yeah, out yeah. of the rules. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was my only gymnastics meet I went to all year. It was like yeah. the coolest mm-hmm. thing ever. Yeah. I loved it. Oh, it was so fun. Okay, if you had to give Mizzou a Yelp reveal <laughs> review in general, what would you say? Like the entire school. <laughs> Just like your entire Mizzou experience in like 100 characters or less. And you have to rate mm. it out of five stars. Okay, Jack, you have to go first. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess I'll do the star rating first. I mean, I, I don't want to just sound like overly praiseworthy. Like I pre- uh-huh. there were definitely, there's definitely some like weirdness to Mizzou. <laughs> like overall, I mean, I would give my experience here like five stars. I mean, I, mm. I loved my time here. It was, it was wonderful from start to finish overall but a yelp review where i get to be a little bit more uh, specific um mizzou uh the university of missouri it's a very beautiful campus uh there's plenty of nice spots to walk it's very walkable um you might run into some weird characters especially mm-hmm. near the the speaker circle area i would say um you're going to meet some interesting people um the J School itself, I guess, which Karen and I are both a part of, um, it's, a, I think, a very a very nice community. It seems really big and daunting when you get there, but then, uh, you know, you kind of meet your, your people along the way, and then it becomes smaller and quite quite family-esque. I guess that's, that's off the top of my head where I would go. And then, like, for the sports side, um, just... 
don't ever get your hopes up. If you meet, <laughs> if you meet someone from Colombia and they tell you what being a Mizzou fan is going to be like, listen to them and just don't don't believe that they're going to succeed because they will find a weirder <laughs> yeah. and weirder way to fail and lose and make you miserable every single time. If you don't like losing to Princeton, you don't like Mizzou basketball. Uh, no, truly. Or Nate Pete dropping the ball at the one yard line. Oh, That's immediately oh what my gosh. head went to. It's truly. I hate Auburn too. That made me so yeah. mad. Missing that field goal. I was the one coming in because I've been a Mizzou fan my entire life, being yeah. from Missouri, that I was telling people freshman year, like, never get your hopes up. You'll only be let down. And then, like, genuinely, most of the time, that is absolutely correct. Which it's a is, journey. It's, yeah. It is. It really. I feel like, you know, God gives his toughest battles to his strongest <laughs> soldiers. The it's real like, Mizzou sports is the friends we made along the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it makes, like, the victories and those, like, breathtaking wins even more special because we yeah. get so few of them. Yeah. But it's like, oh, my gosh, they actually won. Yeah. Um, those Golston Whoa. buzzer beaters? Yes. They really threw me off my game. Yeah. I was like, oh. I remember walking out of the arena after one of their, I think it was Nick Honors, the oh Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. Yeah, Mississippi State. Mm. And I was like, I don't remember walking out of here when we usually win this type of game. Like, yeah. this was such a weird experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to combine sports and the university in my Yelp review, which would give it 4.5 stars. And I don't know if I'm allowed to start dropping takes yet. Um, <laughs> Drop the takes. If that's going to... You don't have much time left. I'm going to lose my now's journalistic integrity. Takes. Um, it would be five stars if they would have fired Robin Pinchton after this season. <laughs> Spitting. I'm like, I'm so sorry, Robin Pinchton. I love you. I, but oh my gosh, this basketball team needs such a revamp. They, yes. they need rejuvenated for real. And their flop era for real. <laughs> yeah. No, they are. It's so poor. Shout out Justin Bear. Him, Karen, I have been calling for this for months. <laughs> yes, we were we right. have. We were right. And uh, see, I was on the like the love Robin Pinchton bad bandwagon. And mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I'm gonna have to let go. I'm gonna have to let go yes. because the stats just don't line up anymore. No, this they is Ashton don't. Judd's team now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, so that's what brings brings Mizzou down a little bit. But I mean, I have to agree. It's crazy coming here because, especially where we're from, Blaze, yeah. it's so small, and so there's more people on campus than there is in the entire town of yeah, clever Missouri yeah, by like a long shot. So it really feels when you come in like, Oh my gosh, it's going to be just crazy. I'm going to be all alone in this sea of people, but really it's not, you do find your community. And if you get involved, you really <clears throat> find your people. Sorry if it sounds like I was about to start crying. Um, but that's one thing that's been super nice. And the J school, it's not perfect, and nobody's going to tell you it's perfect, but it really does offer you such good experiences um, if you make them for yourself. And it's really just such a good college town. I think people don't really think about, you know, Stevens and Columbia College and the other universities and colleges that are downtown. And it really does just make, like, the downtown atmosphere so good. It's such a good college town. That was a little more than 100 characters. I'm very sorry. <laughs> it's fine. All right. Uh, we've, got a, we've got a fun little segment we're going to do. It's, uh, it's, you, is, give us advice. That's what okay. I was trying to think of. I was trying to be alliterative and be like, oh, advice something. Advice but I, it's us, like commencement speech era, but yeah. rather okay, than listening, okay, okay. you're going to give us one. Okay. Right. okay. Gotcha. All right. So 
Fill in the blank. We'll do fill in the blanks for these. Okay. Life is more enjoyable if blank. I think life is more enjoyable if you have good people around you. Uh... Life is, I mean, I would say a similar thing, but I'll try and be different. Um, life is more enjoyable if you prioritize what you love. Facts. All right. Um, <laughs> all right, Abigail? Friends are more important than blank. Ooh. I, my first thought, like, is not good advice. What is it? I was going to say it in school. Work. I was going to say the same thing. I was just like, that's one thing. And this is like terrible advice. I'm so sorry. But it honestly, it's not that bad. But I genuinely throughout my college experience just got to a point where I was like, your grades matter and how you do in school matters to an extent, but you're never going to get this time back. And so really spending that with your friends is what's most important, I think, because those connections you can have forever. You're going to forget about your grades as you get older. Yeah, I'd probably second that. I'm trying to think uh, friends are more important than, yeah. I mean, I I can't think of anything other than, like, school. I, that one thought I had was, like, money, but I feel like that's that's not probably <laughs> yeah. overall true or, like, it can depend. But, yeah, just I think there is obviously a balance you have to strike, but I think, uh, you know, when you're with people you care about, um, that that's like Kara said, the most invaluable I think thing you can have, like way more than than yeah, getting a paper in on time. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you skip a class to go to <laughs> Mortz with somebody. With maybe you skip a class to come on your friend's show. Yeah, you know? yeah, Heck yeah. <laughs> Would love to hear it. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I did skip like one of my final J twelve hundred classes just so I could get on my first radio show with Kara. That a is w. true. There that you go. is true. I mean, she gave me snowboarding, so I had to. Yeah. Uh, um, when all else fails, blank. <laughs> Call your mom. <laughs> oh, that's a great that's answer. Such that's a good such answer. a good one, actually. Wow. That's like, oh, genuinely, that's I will leave classes and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. The only thing I can do right now is call my mother. That is the that's only thing that's going to fix anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can I do two? Yeah, for yeah, sure. Of course. I would do listen to music or go eat food. That's oh. that's my thing. Ah. Sometimes yes. sometimes I'm just like I'll get super super stressed and mm -hmm. you feel like the work's way too much and you're not going to get done and then you're like, "Wait a minute, I'm just really hungry." You go grab a <laughs> meal, take 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, eat a meal and you're it's like a weird reset. That, mm -hmm. that works for me at least. I mean, hey, it works. The one of the buttons on the phone over here just lit up. It was kind of kind of weird. That happens. Ah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, do we have anything else? Oh, yes. Um, do you want to take a quick break and then we'll run them through our game? Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to put you guys against each other. Fun oh, little game. <laughs> and a little fun game we call Grad or Bad. I don't know. I, I just came up with that. All right. We'll, we'll see you guys in a second. The Hard Count, with your host, Chris Farblin, covering all the major news in the world, NFL and college football on KCOU 88.1 FM from 1 to 3 p.m. Tune in for recaps and analysis from last weekend's games, along with predictions and previews for the action next Saturday and Sunday. Hot takes, bull predictions, and two hours of weekly football coverage on The Hard Count from 1 to 3 p.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM. 
Those of us who love this sport. Mommy, it is unacceptable So condescending, unnecessarily critical I have the tendency of getting very physical So watch your step cause they Alright, little Maroon 5 to uh, to finish up the uh, the show here You know, I really do love old Maroon 5 But anyway, I'll save the music <laughs> takes for later Um, So we've got a, we've got a game that I've entitled Grad or Bad Abigail has put together some famous people who either graduated college or dropped out of high school and it's 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 true or false so we're gonna run you guys through these all right so we're gonna get right into this first jennifer lawrence has a degree in modern poetry true or false true no false Ah, uh, it was false. Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> dropped out of high school. Jack won. She went to the Carousels. Hey. Couldn't finish school. You're, you're so right. <laughs> All right, number two. Cole Sprouse has a degree in oh, ar- true. Arche- archaeology. <laughs> false. <laughs> That's true. It's true. Yes. It's oddly specific. So. Yeah. I, well, also, if you don't know that the Sprouse twins went to college, like, do you watch YouTube? I don't I'm going to get smoked in this game. <laughs> this is not good. All right. All right. Ryan Gosling has a degree in psychology. I'll let you go first this time. Do you know? No. I'm going to say true. This seems like a Ryan Gosling degree. I, I feel bad because you've been going opposite of me, but I also think it's true. I've got bad news. Jack led you down a path of despair. <laughs> it is false. I knew it was false. I was just trying, trying to, to trick me. Down yeah, me. you're right. I was trying nah. to figure out like what a degree that would fit with Ryan Gosling, and I was like, I feel like if he went to college, it only had to be for second. No, yeah, yeah, literally. I, I literally said that. So your yeah. your plan worked. <laughs> My evil, evil plan. Evil plan worked. All right, Kenny Chesney has a degree in marketing. True or false? True. He's not the one. Oh, that's Kenny Rogers, right? The poker. Yeah, that's yeah. Kenny Rogers. Chesney. Um, sings a lot of like beach country. Oh, gross! False. <laughs> <laughs> you are wrong. He did, in fact, go to college. Yeah, uh, yeah he, he he graduated with a degree in marketing, which I mean, kind of makes a lot of sense. He has marketed himself as the guy you listen to when you go to the lake. Yeah, so. the beach cowboy. Yeah, of course. exactly. All right, Jack, we'll we'll have you start here. All right, Kara's up to Jack one. Here we go. Uh, not up to up one, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> Will Ferrell graduated with a degree in sports information. True or false? Oh, I. This sounds like something that you'd maybe make up for Will Ferrell. I don't really know anymore, but I kind of think mm, he does like sports. Like I feel like he's always at like Laker games. They always show him. True. False. It is true. Dang it! Well, you guys so are tired. Will, Will Ferrell graduated with a degree in sports. That sounds like a That's made. That's wild. That sounds like a made-up degree. I that know, is literally sports sounds like something you made up, Blaze. All right, all right. It's probably like sports management, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Probably. All right, Kara. Final question. Oh boy. Rihanna graduated with a degree in women and gender studies. True or false? Oh. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can you tell me the score real quick? You guys are tied. tied. It's two to two. What is that going to give you the answer? No. We do have a <laughs> yeah. bonus like tiebreaker. Okay. Okay. Well, I feel like Jack's just going to go opposite of whatever I the say. The winner should uh, be the person with more shows. Okay. Jack wins. Um, women and gender. 
I feel like, okay, here's the thing. I feel like I've seen TikToks about Rihanna having like a super high IQ. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think she has a degree in women and gender studies. That sounds like something y'all would have made up. So I'm going to say false. Okay. True. I feel like I got to go opposite and try and win. It is false. Carolyn. <laughs> she, saw, she saw through our lies and deception. Hmm. Which means you are the winner of grad yeah. or bad. Or bad. <laughs> that means you get your degree. Yeah. Jack, Yay. sorry. Jack, You're, you have another I'm year. <laughs> Grand announcement. I'm using my COVID year. You heard it here first. Unwritten rule will return in 20. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, well, you know, I, yeah, thank you guys so much for uh, for coming on the show. Thank you guys yeah. for, for yeah. being for being real, you know, leaders in the in the KCU radio community. I oh, mean, stop, I'll cry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for being our role models. We appreciate it. I've been it. trying to put walls up so I just don't get like like emotional. But and yeah. I have a couple shows left, but I know that last day I'm gonna crumble because yeah, I mean KCOU rocks and it does rock. You guys are both doing awesome things. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited just to see where y'all end up and and yeah, this yeah. is this is this is great. I'm not gonna. I can't say anything else. I'll start getting <laughs> for I'll sure. Start crying. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, honestly, I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't be here. If it weren't for 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 Kara and, and Jack, because you know Kara's the one who told me like, "Hey man, you gotta drink KCU," and then mm-hmm. you know Jack was probably one of the first people like I recognized because he, <laughs> you know, and so I talked to him a couple times and you know made me feel a little bit more at home in a room full of like sports journalists that I just had no idea. I walked in, they started talking about like, like just the most obscure like baseball <laughs> knowledge and I'm like oh man I'm, I might be a little bit out of my depth here I remember you actually gave me my tour of the KCOU yeah. studio and you were wearing a Bucks jersey and I was like okay alright this guy's cool like he knows the <laughs> and stuff I was like okay maybe I could talk to him about Bucks or something and then I walked into my first meeting and I was like oh there are like no women here and they're all talking mm-hmm. about like obscure NBA, yeah. NBA MLB things and then I saw Karen and I was like okay she seems <laughs> chill and this is cool and that's all it takes it takes having a couple mm-hmm. like friendly faces and then all of a sudden you join the little community yeah I'm glad we could be that I don't want to wear my Bucks jersey very much right now I know <laughs> same yeah. mine's tucked you know. away yeah but that's okay. Year. My heat jersey, my Tyler Hero jersey is oh out and gosh. about. Oh, good for you. Good for you. That's but not good for you. That, that's bad. That's so tough. That jersey is bad. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, no. Thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for coming on. And hey, here's that. Here's those friendly faces in that community that we got built here. So we'll uh, we'll keep it. We'll keep the lights on for you. If you ever feel oh, like stop all no, crying. KCU is in good, very good, yes. capable hands. No all doubt. Right. Well, anyway, uh, yeah, this has been mixed doubles. You know where to find us. Social media. Mixed doubles KCOU. Uh, you find us on Spotify, Apple Music, all those fun places. And yeah, no, this was uh, this was the mixed doubles senior special. And this is no more lies by Thundercat and Tame Impala. See you next week. Hey.